you know, just like that, at 18, 19, everything that I ever wanted to accomplish, everything that I wanted to do was taken away from me. Just like that, man. Mm. What was going through your mind when, when this happened? Why me? Right? All this, you know, I started, my faith was questioned as well. Like, why me, man? You know, why of all people? Like, this isn't supposed to happen to a guy who was 18 years old. Yeah, especially a stroke. A right? Exactly. Dude, it was not like I was unfit. I was in the best shape of my life. Like, I was in the top 1% of people who were physically fit, right? And that happened. What, what, what's the meaning to life right now when everything that I ever wanted was taken away from me? You've probably heard that your story is your brand. So how can ordinary entrepreneurs and salespeople like you and me tell our stories in a way that cuts through all the noises in this overcrowded social media world and reach the audience that we want? Join me as I break down storytelling secrets that have helped me achieve over eight figures in revenue as well as interviewing some of Asia's most prominent names and rising stars to uncover their stories. I hope this show will inspire you to be more vulnerable and share your story to the world because your mess is your message. My name is Gabriel Wong and welcome to the Story Impact Show. So once again, welcome to this very first episode of the Story Impact Show. Today I have a very special guest who I'm very excited to introduce. Uh, his name is Rajvin. Uh, he is an investor who became financially free at age 23. He is an international speaker whose message has been impacting tens of thousands of people around the world. He is also the author of the best-selling book, Six Pack Investor, and currently the head of trainer and the director of Buffett Online School. Uh, he's a very dear friend of mine, and one of the things I really love about him is that whenever he talk about giving value, whenever he talk about you know, how can he add more uh, value and impact more people, his eyes always lights up. Okay, so please help me to welcome Rajvin. So thank you so much, Rajvin, for joining us in the show. Dude, my absolute pleasure to be here, man. I'm so honored to be your very first guest. Yeah, yeah. I I'm so excited because um, one of the things that, uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to invite you is because um, I heard about your story, you know, and I heard about the things that you have to go through, yep. you know. I mean, of course, you have all this impressive achievement, right? International speaker. How old are you, by the way, this year? I'm currently 26. 26, yeah, right? Sure. 26 and already an uh, international speaker, right? With all these achievements, right? Yeah. Uh, being financially free at 23, all these are the things that people see. Yep. But what people don't see is what happened before. Absolutely. Right? Man, absolutely. So could you maybe give us a bit about your background? You know, how you became an investor, what mm. got you started, and then from there we will go on. Yeah. You know, actually, mm. my entire personal, personal development journey started, uh, I would say, in secondary school. You know, in secondary school, I fell in love with uh, the gym. Right? And the gym was the starting place for everything in my life. I wrote the book Six Pack Investor because I'm very passionate about fitness and investing. But I realized that you know, the things that I learned as part of fitness and going to the gym you know, paved the way for a lot of things in my life. So when I, was, um, when I was 13 years old, when I was about 13 years old, I remember I was actually uh, in NCC, uh, National Cadet Corps mm. uh, in Singapore, in secondary school. Right? And uh, what happened was I couldn't do, even do a single pull-up. And I was made fun of by my friends, hey, you can't even do a pull-up. So I got obsessed, man. Every single recess time, I used to go down to the pull-up bar and freaking try my best to do pull-ups. Yeah. I couldn't do a single one. Right? I went every single day. And eventually, I found a guy who's, who said, hey, why not come to the gym and you know, train? And I went to the gym. And from then on, you know, literally every day after school, I would go to the gym. I would train. I would be so disciplined, man. Every day. You know, I got so good at it. Uh, eventually, uh, in secondary three or secondary four, I actually, got, uh, um, I actually got selected to be part of the national team 
for Olympic weightlifting. Mm. Uh, and that started my journey and has being a national athlete uh, representing Singapore, it's very, very difficult, right? It's not easy. Your training regimen every day is eat, sleep, train, repeat. You know, go to school, mm. go to the gym, get to training, do homework, and then I repeat. You know, I had to say no a lot of times. You know, I couldn't do things that my friends were doing. Right, so growing up as a secondary school boy, I didn't I didn't have the chance to go and play computer games. I didn't I don't know anything about computer games. Yeah. I don't know anything about all that fun stuff. Right, yeah. I I couldn't go out and eat like my other friends ate. I couldn't I couldn't do a lot of things, man, because I had a sacrifice for my country. Yeah. But I realized that from a very young age, I learned the power of saying no. Right, the power of saying no to temptations and being focused on my goal. And that is what has led me, that was what laid the fruit, uh, the foundations to what has happened over the next couple of years, over the next decade and up, yeah. right up to now. Yeah. Right. Before you carry on, right, I, I wanted to ask, you know, when I first heard that story, when mm. I first heard about how you, how you were so disciplined when yeah. you were in secondary school, Absolutely. right? And how old were you? 14 years old. 14, 15, 15 maybe, 15, right? Yes. And at that age, right, what makes you so disciplined? What drove you? Because most of us at that age, right, what we probably be doing like what you said is playing computer games yeah, you'll probably not be thinking so much about the future yes right like discipline is something that like i myself i only found discipline at a later stage of my mm -hmm. life so what drove you what what made you so disciplined um okay so two things right two things i was always um, kind of obsessed to be I was a competitive guy mm. you know always being a sports being an athlete you build this competitiveness within you and you know i wanted to be number one Right, I wanted to be so I, I performed in all areas. I didn't believe in just success in one area. You mm. know, I, I I wanted to be the best in my studies as well. So I I really, you know, uh, I like to. So I, I I did very well in my studies growing up in secondary school. But you know, I'm not a smart guy. To be honest, I'm not smart. I just pride myself in being a hard worker. I wanna hus I wanna hustle hard, man. I wanna work hard, mm. get achieve my goals, and you know. So I studied really hard. I put in all my effort and. The whole idea is that, you know, I kind of wanted to prove that I could do it, mm. right? Prove that I could be the best in whatever I chose to put my mind to. And that's exactly what I did in sports. That's what I did in school. That's what I did in my, you know, O-levels. Mm. And yeah, you know, funny story. Um, in A-levels, right, uh, I actually got this award from my school for, I got this award called the Library Award. And I was awarded the Library Award because I spent the most number of hours in the library. <laughs> I'm not even kidding, okay. right? I was the first one in the library to go there and study and I was the yeah. last one to leave. Every day. You know, and wow. <laughs> you know, my friends, they all laughed, but dude, that was me, man. You know, yeah. I, I really believe in putting in the work and uh, getting shit done. Yeah. I think what's amazing is that, you know, I've interviewed people, even yeah. though this is our, my first show. Sure. I I I seem to see that um that there is there is this commonality between similarities between uh, people who are successful. Yep. Is the mindset. Yep. Right? Like, although nowadays mindset is something that is frowned upon, right? Because people will say, oh, don't teach me all this mindset stuff. Oh. But what if that is the most important part, right? Like, you didn't become a successful investor or speaker, um, you know, just because you wanted to do that, right? Mm. You have, you have from, from what I can, can tell, you already have that mindset since you were young. Absolutely, man. Dude, um, whoever says that, it doesn't understand the importance of it, man. Yeah. You know, mindset and having that in place is the foundation to everything. Yeah. You can learn the techniques, right? Yeah. You can go and learn the techniques of how to build a funnel, how to build a brand, how to invest, and yeah. all these fancy things. Here's the thing though, if you don't have the mindset of abundance, you don't have the mindset of, you know, I'm going to put in the work yeah. when, 
you know, I'm going to put it in the work where nobody's watching, yeah. right? Then you're not going to you're not going to go very very far. Yeah. It's so so important, right? So I always like to share this story. You know, I had this one friend who was, uh, you know, so I teach on investing, right? So there's one student come up to me and he's like, Rash, you know, I know everything about you know options, I know everything about investing in stocks, but I, I can't seem to get past $50,000 in my account. You know, he yeah. couldn't seem to get past 50 grand in his account. Yeah. He's like, Rash, what's wrong? Yeah. And I was like, dude, because your cup is only 50 grand, yeah. right? If I'm yeah. gonna pour this yeah. into, into this, it's yeah. gonna, just gonna overflow, yeah. right? It's not about the techniques. It's about growing that mindset. It's about growing that money jar, right? such oh, that you yeah. can think of attracting so much more as well and that's so important and that is critical foundation to achieve success in every single thing man yeah you know yeah. i do i'm so passionate about this because i realize that, that is what got me here today yeah right in having the inherent belief in myself believe that things can come to pass and that blessings will come my way mm. every single day when i wake up and mm. it happens well yeah. it happens yeah yeah, yeah. It, I, I like the energy you use for in terms of cup Right, like we have to expand our cup. Absolutely, right? man. Not just do a cup, like maybe a container, right? So that we can contain all the things that is coming to our life. Absolutely. Awesome. I, I wanted to um, ask you something. So you were part of the national team, yes. right? You mentioned yes. you're part of the national team. And something happened to you. I mean, you were not invested before, right? Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, had a, you had your hope in a, in a way. From what I know from someone who is a national team, you have your life plan out. Yeah, right? In a way, you know that that's, not, that's what you're going to do when mm. you grow up. And then something happened. Could you, mm. could you tell us more about that? Sure. So, um, so like Gabriel mentioned, I was actually a national team. Um, and actually, I was um, going to enlist into the army, right? And I was training, I was representing the nation. And my dream was actually to become a military officer. You know, like I, I'm kind of obsessed with being the best in everything. So my goal was to get uh, SAFOS. You know, if you know what SAFOS is, SAF, yeah. Overseas Scholarship. This is awarded to the best of the best uh, soldiers. And that was my goal, man. I trained really, really hard for it. And I was a national athlete representing Singapore as well. So I was going for it, right? But unfortunately, in the first week of my service, uh, when I was actually in Pulau Tekong, uh, I, actually had a, I actually had a stroke. This was how? This was when I was 18 going on to 19. No. Right? Yeah. I still remember it very, very clearly. Uh, you know, I, I had severe pain you know, going down, my, going down my, my, my whole body, right? It was like 2 a.m. in the morning. I went down to my officer. I said, sir, I really don't feel well. I want to report sick. And he's like, dude, come back at 6 o'clock and report sick. And I went back to my room. By the time it was 6 o'clock, I was gone, man. I was, semi, I was semi-conscious. I was lying. I was literally sprawled on the ground. The pain was so severe. They immediately sent me to the hospital. Uh, I was sent to Tan Tok Sing Hospital. And it was very, very scary, right? Because um, I was put in the hospital, they didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, man, and I was, I, the pain was excruci- excruciating. I was fleeing in our consciousness. And I still remember my mom was there. And it was very painful. Why? Because um, over the next few days, I started losing sensation. I started not being able to feel my arms anymore. The next morning when I woke up, you know, my parents found that my face was sagging. Why? Because I lost, um, I lost, you know, the muscle yeah. on my face as well. And I still remember, I think it was one week into my, into my, into being in the hospital, 
when I was trying to walk to the toilet and I collapsed. Why? Because I couldn't feel my legs anymore. And dude, it was very, very scary, man. You know, I said, and it was scary because, dude, like, I want you to understand that I was a, you know, top level, I said, I was an athlete, right? right? Lifting thousands of kilograms a week. And got to a point where I, I was in rehab trying to lift a piece of paper again, right? Trying to move my fingers again. And, you know, for an athlete at that level, it's very depressing stuff, man. You know, you think you can lift the world on your shoulders <laughs> and then you're there trying to lift a piece of paper. You know, so oh. uh, going through that was really, really tough. And I think the tougher part came when, um, the tougher part came when I was told that, you know, I could never become an officer again, right? Because I was down pass. Um, you know, I was made to become a PES E9 airline soldier, right? Because I was not combat fit anymore. Mm. And, you know, more painfully, I was told that I cannot represent the nation anymore, right? I cannot go back to weightlifting. And actually, that decision came from my parents, right? My mom didn't want me to go down the path of weightlifting and putting myself under so much physical pressure. And, you know, I couldn't bear to not listen to my parents anymore, right? It was it's a tough period, man. So, you know, just like that, at 1819, everything that I ever wanted to accomplish, everything that I wanted to do, was taken away from me. Just like that, man. Mm. What was going through your mind when, when this happened? Why me? Right? All this, you know, I started, my faith was questioned as well. I started, ask, you know, I asked the wrong questions, you know, looking on hindsight. You know, I, I was very, obviously I was very, very, like, why me, man? You know, why of all people? Like, this isn't supposed to happen to a guy who was 18 years old. Yeah, especially a stroke. A right? Exactly. Mm. Dude, it was not like I was unfit. I was in the best shape of my life. Like, I was in the top 1% of people who were physically fit, right? And that happened. And, um, yeah, why? Why? That was a question that was coming to my mind. And what, what, what's the meaning to life right now? When everything that I ever wanted was taken away from me. I don't know if anybody who's watching this video has experienced this before, where everything that you actually look to achieve, everything that is in your five-year, ten-year ten -year plan is just finished, gone. You know, start from scratch again. And that to me was pretty depressing, man. You know, so I went down this entire phase, this entire downward spiral of not knowing what to do. Like, what was the purpose in life? Yeah. Right? Why do I need to, why am I alive? Why yeah. am I alive, right? So I went down this phase of asking myself these questions. You know, uh, and if there was one person I credit for, if there's just one person I credit for getting me out of this slum, it would have been my mother. Hmm. It would have been my mother. My mother was my prayer warrior. She never stopped praying for me, right? She, you know, she, I love her the bits. I love her so much. And she prayed and she prayed and she prayed. And she always came to my room and she always told me, son, you have a bigger purpose. God put you here for a reason. If one door closes, another door will open. And that door will be something that you cannot even imagine or ask for, yeah. right? And she always believed that. And initially when I was hearing that, I was like, mom, just keep quiet. Like, yeah. you know, I don't want to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. she kept persisting, right? This yeah. power and persistence. Yeah. One day she came to my room, she's like, son, God put you here on a, for a reason. <laughs> There's a reason for everything that's happening. If you cannot use your body and your muscles anymore, yeah. use it for something else. Yeah. God has a purpose and a plan for you. Yeah. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Yeah. This is one thing that she put in my, she put in my room, right? Yeah. She hung it up there, I opened my eyes, and every day I saw that. Yeah. 
and just one day something clicked in me, man. I was like, okay, cool. Why not? If I can't use my brains, if I can't use my body, why not use my brains to do something, right? And I started this journey of looking at um, reading books on investing. I started picking up personal development books. I love reading. So I started picking up books on personal development. Pick up books by Robert Kiyosaki, Mary Buffett, all these people, Secrets of Millionaire Mind, T.F. Ecker. I started going for these seminars and suddenly a spark just went off, man. I mm. told myself, hey, why not go down this path of growing myself and at the same time making impact and income as well. Mm, mm. And that was when this entire journey of personal development in terms of the financial freedom space started, man. Yeah. And dude, whew, the journey has been incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Yep. Before I um, ask you a further question about the investing journey and how you actually get started, what sparked you yeah. to look into that, right? Because Absolutely. there's so many things, so many other things that you can look into. Um, I, I just wanted to ask like, what was that um, turning point, right? Of how you, how you get rid of that depression, how you overcome the darkest moment. From what I can, from what I can tell earlier, what you, what you told me was that, you know, when your mom uh, was speaking faith, speaking right? Faith speaking faith in you. The first time, you know, the worst thing we want to hear when we are in the, the lowest part of our life is not this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Because our mind just cannot connect. Absolutely, right? absolutely. But it was her persistence, her consistency of telling you again and again <coughs> and again. Was that the biggest contribution? And like, how long did it take for you to change your focus? Dude, you are so absolutely right when you say that. When you're in that space, that's the last thing you want to hear, yeah. right? Yeah. But sometimes it needs to be jammed in you. Yeah. And I would say that, it would be the, that would have been the number one thing, right? Dude, it, it was difficult, man, you know. Uh, as much as I'm, you know, a little bit ashamed right now to say that. But, you know, I, I really questioned. I was like, God, are you real? Yeah. Are you really there for me? You know, say that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's happening? But I realized that, you know, again, connecting the dots back again. My biggest lesson from the entire thing was this one lesson. And this is the anchor to my life. And the anchor to my life is everything in life happens for a reason. And that reason is to serve me. The reason is to serve me for something even better, even greater. Mm. That's what I truly, truly believe, man. Mm. You know, so nowadays, whenever, like, because of that one incident, right, right now, whenever something bad happens to me, mm. I get excited, man. I literally get excited because mm. I cannot wait to share the testimony that will come out of it. Because yeah. I know for sure that yeah. everything in my life that happens, happens for a reason. The reason is to serve me. Wow. So, yeah, talk yeah. about mindset, right? Yeah. That I guess it was everything. a shift of focus right changing of your question you know when you when you were sharing that it, it reminds me of like the, the things i had to go through as well yeah right i didn't have to go through the physical physical stuff yep. i had to go through a lot of mental torture absolutely future torture right from my ex-mentor yeah and i realized that the turning point came when i started to see how can i use this story as a testimony in the future oh man right i realized when, oh. I, when I changed my focus to that like one day I'll go on a stage someday, you know, a big stage. I don't know whose who stage would, would uh, that be. And I can share that story and the story becomes an amazing testimonial. Absolutely. Or an amazing testimony. And that changed my focus. Yeah. Was, that, was that what got you out of that? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I realised that, you know, every single thing that happens to us would be a great story to tell, right? Mm. So sometimes when I'm in my darkest valleys and something happens, I yeah. just tell myself, hey, you know, this will one day go out to bless somebody else. So mm. why not? Well, 
And I think another thing that I, I just wanted to touch on before I go on to the next point, uh, especially for the audience, right, is that when you are trying to get out of a depression or your darkest moment, you have to be surrounded by people who believe in you. Oh, man. You have your mom, right? Yeah, I cannot stress enough how important it is, man, to be filled with, to be around faith-filled people who speak life yeah. into you, who speak hope into you. It's so important, right? Yeah. If you surround yourself with people uh, who who drag you down, then you'll just be dragged down into the yeah. even further. Get out of that. Yeah, you right. need to get out of that. The number yeah. one thing I feel is to change environments, be around faithful people who speak life. Yeah. And that's so important. Speak life and you'll be given life and life more abundantly. Yeah. Or worse, hang out with friends that justify why you fail. Exactly. Right? Dude, get don't you hang deeper out. into that spiral. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, but but too often in life, right? We like to be surrounded by people who tell us that, oh, it's okay, you know, it's okay, right? Oh, you didn't yeah. achieve that? Oh, it's fine, you know, so many of us didn't achieve that as well, like, dude! Yeah. Right? You don't want to be around those people. You want to be people, you want to be around people who, you know, who see what you truly can achieve. Yeah. And call you out and say, dude, wake, wake up, man. Yeah. You know, you can achieve so yeah. much more. Yeah. I think that is, that is the people that we want to surround ourselves yeah. with. Yeah. And that's how we truly become bigger than ourselves, man. Yeah. yeah. You know why, why I like about why I like about Rash, right? And why I say he's a dear friend because um, just one week ago, you know, yeah. I was down with uh, Shingles and doctor told me that I'm going to face this for the rest of my life. You know, and I posted that and I sent an email out. I was rather depressed and I sent an email out. Yeah. And Rash was like the first person yeah. to send me a message and tell me, dude, I'm so pissed. <laughs> he told me he's pissed. Right, that I shouldn't believe in what a doctor tell me. Yeah. Right, I should believe in God. I should believe. I should have faith. Right, I should stir up my faith and believe that I will not have this will not happen to me again. Yeah. You know, I need friends like that. I realize I need friends that not friends that tell me, uh, you know what, it's okay, just rest and you know, uh, uh, take care of yourself. Right. So, I mean, like these are good encouragement sometimes, but not what I needed. Yeah. And, and what Rash sent me, right, um, kind of knocked me off. Yeah. And I started to believe again that you know. You know, I, and, and, and reinforce the idea why is it so important to hang out with the right people. Absolutely, man, dude. Yeah. You know, I... Yeah, thank, thank, thank you for that. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Bro, I, I yeah. know you do the same for me as well, yeah. man. You know, yeah. So, again, you know, surrounding yourself with people who would call out a bullshit and believe in you for... believe in the you who is so much bigger than who you currently are. Yeah, awesome. Um, I wanted to touch on this point where you started reading books about invest, yes. investing. You know, you started to... Uh, dive into um, learning about um, you know value investing yes. and all, all this stuff. Like what triggered that? There were so many other things that you could you could have done. Yeah. But what what triggered you to do that? To focus on that instead. So, of course, you know there's so many different things. But um, obviously, I got stirred to a certain place by different mentors that I actually listened to. Mm. Right. So one of my one of my very first uh, mentors who I got to know through this conference called the National Achievers Congress was actually uh, my dear friend Sean, right? So he was the one who was speaking and I was very, very aligned to what he was actually speaking about. And this comes to my next point with regards to how do you actually achieve success? It's about finding mentors and most importantly, finding mentors who your values align with, mm. right? So when he was on stage and we were speaking, yeah. I realized that his values were family, mm -hmm. God, mm -hmm. his children. Mm -hmm. All right, that was his most important values, and I could ride with that. Right, I, I, I decided from a young age that I didn't want to look for mentors who were 
you know, rolling in their Bentleys and you know having roll. I don't know. That just didn't appeal to me. Yeah. Right. So I was I followed him, and his ways, and uh, he obviously was uh, investing. Uh, he was really really good at investing, and that was how I got started to this path of learning about investing. Mm. Right. So yeah, man. So that was my first touch into learning about investing, and that's how I got really really um, obsessed. That's how I really got. Um, I really love the subject, and I got deeper and deeper into it. Got it. All right. So, um, so tell me more about that journey. Right. You took the journey with your mentor, Sean. Right. And and what was the turning point? What was the turning point that caused you to? Uh, and how do you recover? By the way, you you were you were still um, uh, you were you were facing a stroke, right? And how do you recover? What was the turning point? Um, you know, how do you like go deep dive into that journey, the investing journey? So, um, dude, it took me so much of uh, rehab work, right? I still remember, like, Tan Tock Seng Hospital became my second home. <laughs> uh, I was there for physiotherapy, occupational therapy. Every day I'll be there, you know, doing whatever I could to recover. And, you know, of course, you know, by the grace of God and because of my prior yeah. church, people who I was surrounding myself with, I managed to make a, a decent recovery. I went for so many different therapies, man. I went for so many different um, surgeries. I went for so many different like new things they were testing out, you know, they tested out some, some uh, IV, IG, some new drug and then it happened to work on me mm. and then I managed to slowly make my recovery, gain back my muscles and yeah, so I started recovering and in that process, I started going for seminars as well, right? Literally, I was in my army uniform mm. and every day, every day I was in my number, in my number three, number three, right? And every day, no joke, every day after my army, after my camp, I would go to a seminar, attend a seminar, I'll sit right in front. And everybody wow. recognized me for the bit. I wasn't the guy who changed out. I was in my army uniform and sitting down in my army uniform, right? <laughs> and uh, everybody would look at me and be like, I don't give a shit, man, whatever. Yeah. Right? And I would attend these seminars and go and learn and learn. And it was learning not just about investing, you know, learning about investing, learning about business, network marketing, got myself involved, started learning how to make some money, started my first blog, started making money from that as well. Uh, and then using that money to start investing in companies, right? So investing is great, right? But obviously you need cash to finance that investing in companies. Yeah. So I started different hustles on the side to start making sales and I used all that money, man. I bit the bullet, right? I literally bit the bullet. Like I lived bare minimum, right? But I used everything that I could, whatever I made, I used that to start putting it into my investing account month on month on month on month again. Kept my expenses really, really low and I believe that what that's what's needed for uh, young entrepreneurs as well. Yeah. You need you need to yeah. uh, you need to bite the bullet for a while. Yeah. Right. You know. So live life like most people wouldn't, so that you can live the rest of your life like most people can't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's absolutely what I did, man. You know. When again, uh, why could I do that? It was because of how I was brought up, right? Yeah. In with my weightlifting days when I could yeah. say no. Yeah. I said no to almost oh. everything, man. I said no, right? I I hustled hard. I saved whatever I could. And every single cent, you know, just compounded and uh, that led to a life which I'm living today. Wow. And I think that is something that a lot of entrepreneurs need to learn today. Yeah. Right? They make their, they make their first part of goal, for example, mm. right? They hustle, they make their first part of goal. And most of us, the first thing that we do is spend the money, right? Like, I didn't have a, a mentor that taught me that. Mm. Uh, when I first started out, when I made my, like, sort of my first million dollars, mm. I spent it all away. Mm. You know, I wish I have uh, learned. I, I wish I had a mentor that you had, right? Exactly. Learn the things like you know, learning how to say no, yeah. right? Learning how to put your money aside, save your money. Like, what's the point of having like an expensive car, an expensive house? Yeah. At at a, at a young age, like you can have that at a later stage. Like, but most people do it for the wrong reason, wrong intention, right? Yeah. They do it because they want to show people 
how successful they are. Absolutely, right? man. Absolutely, you know. But um, yeah, so I learned that from a young age, as in looking at the people who I followed, right? Yeah. And for them, what was there, as in they didn't see a need to show off, right? Yeah. It's just to fill the egos. And they're like, you know, I, I don't need this. I have treasures in heaven. Yeah. And that was their mindset. That was the whole, oh, you yeah. know, that was the whole uh, ideology. And because I followed that, I had, I followed the right path, I believe. Got it. I think the first lesson that you just mentioned is more like learning to say no, right? Yeah. Putting aside the money, saving it, yeah. right? whether you are a freelancer, an entrepreneur, make money. when you make money, you got to set aside money. Absolutely. Right, absolutely. for your future. What, what, what do you think is the second most critical, important thing that you know, entrepreneurs need to learn to be financially free early? Patience. Patience. Awesome. You know, um, always thinking macro, always thinking long term, right? Making decisions today that you know will benefit you in the next 10 years, 20 years. So there, there's this saying, right? Mm. I love this saying. Always say this. Um, broke people think about tomorrow, right? People of middle class think about maybe next month. Rich people think in terms of years. The truly wealthy think in terms of generations ahead. Wow. They yeah. make their decisions today, which will affect their children's children. Most people can't think that way, man. Most people are thinking, oh, how can I make money tomorrow? How can I make money in the next hour, right? What job can I do right now which will give me $10 per hour? Yeah. That's how most people think. And I realized that the wealthy people, they don't think that way, right? They'll put in effort today which will bring them harvest and bountiful harvest, mm. possibly in years to come, but they'll do it today, right? And uh, I believe that's exactly what we're doing here right now. Yeah. yeah. Patience. Focus on the long term. Yeah, right. patience, focus on the long term. These are investing principles, but these are life principles as well. Yeah, right? yeah, in business as well. Like, like, you know, even in business, you got to reinvest in the business. Absolutely. Right? Gary Vee always said that, like, he always reinvests back into the business. Yeah, exactly. And that's something I learned recently. And, and when you do that, you start to compound mm. your results. Absolutely. Right? You compound your compound. effort. Right? This, unfortunately, this is not what you learn in school, right? Yeah. You don't, you don't learn this in school. You don't learn this in the real, as in, in the real world, people are taught to, hey, I go and work and then I get, you know, some money back yeah. and, you know, I'll exchange my time yeah. for money, yep. right? And that's how we are taught. We're not taught to, hey, how can I use my money to get back more time, to compound that, to actually earn more income in the future. Dude, that stuff that it's foreign to most people. People don't understand that. Yeah. People don't see yeah. the value. Like, dude, why do you want to, you, wanna, wow, you know, write a book? But they don't understand that, you know, putting effort into writing a book, even though it sucks, it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of effort, it squeezes your brains out. You know, I took nearly six months to write it. But, you know, that book until today is a lead magnet. It's a, yeah. it's a funnel which makes me money, you yeah. know, three years, four years on. Yeah. People don't get that, see? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So what was that, um, what was that breakthrough where you, when you decide to be a speaker, rather than just an investor. I mean, you learn all this stuff, right? Why do you then decide to uh, become a speaker? And, and, and how do you find your voice, your message? Mm. You, know, um, you know, why do you decide to you know, go around the world today you know, to speak into people's lives, to impact people's lives? Like what, what caused that? So, uh, okay, great question, man. So when did it very first start, right? It actually started, number one, when um, I achieved a decent amount of results in my investing. And then I thought to myself, hey, you know, in the army, when I was in camp, a lot of people asked me, hey, Rash, what are you doing? I was like, yeah, I do, I, I do a bit of investing and stuff like that. And then they're like, dude, why not, why not you share? Then I was like, okay, cool. So I actually rented a room. Uh, I printed out notes. 
I did all of that. I paid, you know, good money and I did it for free, man. I called mm. together a couple of my friends, called together mm. about 20 of my friends. Mm. And I just did it for free. I just, you know, and the entire intention was, to be honest, it was not to, oh, I want to be a speaker and all of that. Yeah. My intention was very simply, I just want to share, man. Mm. just want to share what I've learned and hopefully whatever I learn can impact people. Yeah. So I did that. I just shared. I was like, cool. This is what I did. I just shared and every month I was consistent with it. You know, so I think the most important word is consistent, right? Mm. So I didn't, I, just, I didn't just do this one time. I did this every month. I put in effort every month. I called together my friends. You know, however big, however small, I just did it. I did it. I did it. And that compounded as well. Mm. You know, that really, really compounded. And I started building a community. I started building a tribe of people. And once I started building a community, then different opportunities started popping up into my life. Mm. Right? So it, again, it came from a space of wanting to just share, yeah. wanting to just give, wanting to just... Um, Share the world what I've learned. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. So you know, I, at that point of time, you know, I didn't make, I, I didn't have seven figures. I didn't have all these fancy things, but you know, I achieved a decent amount of results, and I was just there to share with my friends who hadn't started yeah. on how they can start. Yeah. And that truly impacted their lives, and they were very, very thankful. And yeah. that's how it all began. Um, you know what's interesting when you when you share that? I remember. Someone once told me that um, leaders are givers. Absolutely, man. Right. If you're trying to find your voice, trying to find your message. I think the best way is to look at what you can give. Absolutely. And, and you mentioned that you were doing it for free. Yeah, for free, man. Yeah, for free. Yeah, that's exactly what we did, right? Just to share with you all, like, you know, I went for Final Hacking Live this yeah. year with Gabriel. Yeah. And dude, like, in, in, even in America, when I came back, as in, when I was there, I already thanked Gabriel, dude, we're going to do an event and we're going to do it and we're just going to share, like, from our hearts, like, what, has, what we've learned from Final Hacking Live. Mm. Mm. And bro, like, look at what, we've achieved since then, yeah. right? Yeah. The, you know, since that one gathering. Yeah. Like, tell yeah. me, man. Like, yeah. you know, it's yeah. been nuts, right? The, there, there was a ripple effect, right? Ripple more people effect. started doing something, uh, started posting more on social media. Dude, There's the a bunch ripple of people effect who came. Yeah. happened not just in our lives, yeah. but the people who attended that day at our event. It's crazy, man. You know, yeah. if you saw what happened to Mark, you know, he posted yeah. about how that one event changed everything for him. Yeah. Bro, shit, I'm getting goosebumps saying this <laughs> shit, man. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the power, right? This is the power from coming from a space of just giving and yeah. wanting to serve. Yeah. That's how you truly change lives and make a lot of money at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I think one thing that um, I just wanted to clear is that, you know, when we say share something for free, I mean, eventually you can't give everything else, I mean, everything away for free, right? Because yeah. you need the resources to be able to continue to add more value to people, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Once again, it's, it's, it's a mindset shift that we need to have. Yep. But if you are stuck, if you are just starting out, right, the best thing you can do right now is to, uh, in whatever you're doing right now, you're learning something, right? You are focusing on something, you are, uh, you're focusing on your craft, right? You should start sharing it for free, mm. right? On social media, on live events. And then from that, you will somehow find your voice and your, Dude, and you your know, message. You know, I believe, I believe, so this is how I think anyways. You know, sometimes when you give so much, it's impossible not to receive, right? Yeah. Give and you shall receive. Yeah. The good book says that. And I truly, truly believe that. You know, sometimes yeah. when you, know, you give so much out of goodwill, you build all these brownie points, right? Mm -hmm. And eventually when you put, start putting these brownie points in people, uh, eventually they will want to... Yeah. Humans reciprocate that yes. way, right? Yeah. If, I'm give, if I'm pouring so much into you, you're like, dude, yeah. I need to give back to you somehow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it'll come back to you somehow in one way or another, right? Whether it's yeah. in deals made, 
cash or whatever it is, man. So yeah. that's what it is, you know. And I feel it always, right, where with people, you know, like Gabriel, for example, like you know, he gives me so much, right, through his sharings on his group. If you're not in his part of his group, you know, join his group right now, <laughs> right? Fun Alliance, be part yeah. of it. He gives yeah. away so much value, right? Dude, if this guy comes to me and tells me, Resh, I want you to help me promote this event. Yeah. Immediately, I'll do it for him. Like, yeah. No question. Any time, any day, bro. All day, Thank all you. day, every day. Thank you. Yeah. Right? So, you know, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, dude. Yeah. And I just want to share that, like, just recently, we did an event together. People actually came up to me and say, like, Gabriel, do you have a program? I want to buy your program. And, and the problem is, I don't have a program right now. Like, people want to give me money. Yeah. Right? But, but I don't have a program right now. So, that's my issue. But the point was that we gave something for free first. Right? We gave value first. We add. Uh, we surf, right? Mm. We, we impact people's life, and in a way, people want to always give back eventually. Absolutely, right? awesome. How how do you build? Um, you have a tribe. You have a, a pretty massive tribe. I remember the the first time we did an event, you, you just sent out a couple of emails, and you know, the room is the room is full house, <laughs> yeah. right? So maybe you can tell uh, the audience more. Tell me more about how how do you build that massive tribe online? I mean, okay. other than just giving value, what is mm. another critical? Uh, Thing that people have to learn. Consist you know, okay. Yeah. Uh, one of my principles that I wrote in the Six Pack Investor, and again, this is said so many times. You know, it's not like you haven't heard it before, but it's with regards to consistency. All right. What I built up wasn't didn't happen just over like two months. It's 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 being built up over the years, right? And whenever I do events, I always deliver at such high value, and I give them so much that people are like. Dude, whenever you have a next event, you must let me know. Yeah. They know that when I say something, it's going to be of super good value. Yeah. So, you know, it just, that, 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 that thing just reciprocates. And that's the reason why people are like, you know, when I put out an event, people are like, dude, I fly over, man. You know, people came down from India. They actually wow. bought a ticket wow. for our event wow. because I was saying that, you know, I'm going to do this event, I'm going to do this with this guy called Gabriel, another one of my friends as well. And they're like, dude, I'm buying a ticket. Settled. Flew all the way here. Yeah, they flew all the way from India to Singapore, wow. right? It's crazy. But that's what it is, man. Always constantly over-delivering, making sure they give good value. And so when I say that, hey, Rash, I am doing an event, done deal. A room is sold out. Hmm. Finish. Hmm. And, and you mentioned about consistency. Yeah. Right? The, the being consistent in communicating with your audience. Yes. Right? Speaking to them, talking to them. Yes, talking to them, always constantly providing value as well. And that's how you build a raving fan of uh, a raving database of people who are more than willing to just to buy mm. to buy your stuff you know mm. to 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 say hey whatever you have i'm gonna i'm gonna get mm. because you constantly over deliver and you always give above expected value yeah i probably have one last question before we end because of time mm. um but one of the things that people um or i would say the limiting belief that people always have is that they will say that i have nothing to give mm. or you know, I'm just new, I'm just starting out. Um, then, you know, how do I, you know, any tips that you can give them? How do I, how do they build um, their social media platform? How do mm. they build their following? How do they build their audience? Okay, so um, very, very simple tip. Share your progress. Mm. You don't have to be mm. right at the top to be able to share and give. Yeah. You see, like I attended Fun Hacking Life and to be honest, I haven't even seen click funnels in my life, right? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even see that in my life. Like, I have no idea what funnel. In fact, I was shocked that you were there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like you know, yeah. was like, "What the hell are you doing here?" It's like, just hanging around with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? So yeah. you know, I had no idea. But here's the thing, right? As a result of that, I managed to, you know, it, it gets a lot of my friends onto click funnels 
you know, uh, yeah. onto one funnel away and all these different things. And how, you know, I just shared my journey. I was like, guys, you know, I'm in this journey of doing, you know, yeah. X, Y, Z, you know, whatever it is. I want you all to follow my journey and see my progress. Yeah. So when you're doing that, you're putting a declaration out to the world and showing people that, hey, I'm doing this. I want you all to follow. And whatever I learn along the way, I want to share with you as well. And yeah, come from that space, man. You know, so I always share this theory in my classes. There's always going to be, you're, maybe you're here, there will always be somebody who is richer than you, smarter than you, more experienced than you, right? But if you constantly keep comparing yourself to these people, you're never going to go, you're never going to go higher. Yeah, there'll always be someone higher. There'll yeah. always be someone higher. I don't yeah. care who you are, man. I don't care who you are. Yeah. There'll always be somebody who's better than you. Yeah. But the whole idea is, you're not, you're not serving them. Right, your goal is not to serve them. Your goal is to serve people maybe who are here, right? Who are maybe at a lower level to get to at least where you are, right? To yeah. bring you up to at least this level, and that's how you progress. Yeah, that's exactly what I did, and that's exactly how what I've applied in every business that I've started, whether it's in fitness, in you know investing, mm. in speaking, mm. all these different things, man. So share your journey. Yeah, right? share your journey. Mm. Share your journey. Share where you are and be authentic and tell them the truth. And people love that. People love your authentic, vulnerable side and they love to see how you're progressing. And uh, if you can share them how you're doing it, great for you. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have any final thing that you want to share with the audience? Well, um, you know, again, my final message is to always, always give, come from a space of giving. And uh, I think the one message that really, you know, the story I shared with you with regards to what I went through, Everything, my friends, happens for a reason and that reason is to serve you, is to yeah. make you a better version of you. So never ever forget that. Yeah. Turns out um, the whole stroke thing became a good thing for you. Dude, it was right? the best thing that happened in my life. <laughs> yeah. Right? Or hindsight always is, right? Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. Where can they reach you? So you can reach me on my Facebook. You can look for me on, uh, on Facebook and search up Sixpack Investor. You'll see it as well on Instagram. I'm, I'm Sixpack Investor as well. And you can check out my website, uh, bufferedonlineschool.com to get information on my investing programs around the world. Awesome. So we'll probably put in all the, um, all the animations and stuff that you, can, you need to find uh, for Rash, you know, uh, to find out more information about his uh, speaking, about his uh, programs, and about his book. Yep. Right? Do you, people can, people yeah, can yeah, still yeah. get absolutely, a book, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Thank you so much, Rash. I appreciate you uh, being here today. And you know, thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Uh, in our first episode of Story Impact. I hope you have learned something so far. And go ahead and give us, you know, write in the comment, wherever you're watching this, uh, put in the comment, what have you learned uh, from this session from us so far? Okay, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now. Hey, this is Gabriel again. And really quickly, I just want to thank you so much for listening to the Story Impact show. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Don't forget to drop me a review on iTunes and your comments will help me greatly in creating more killer content like this just for you. And if you want to stay up to date with all my content, upcoming podcasts, events and much more, please jump onto my website at www.heygabrielwong.com.